Please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Fam, what is even left to say about the hockey team, the Flyers? Um, they're bad. All right, and that is all the time we have for... <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, let's just get to the intros. I said my name's Bill Matz already, right? All right, let's get to it. Uh, let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Oh, God, I didn't think you were going to call on me first. I have um been enjoying this three day break and as such have like zero hockey related thoughts in my head. I think it's gonna take me a little bit of easing into the show to remember all the things I'm pissed off about. But they're definitely there still. That's, I'm definitely uh, still mad about stuff. On on my other job, they asked me today because I told them today I'm going away for a couple of days. They were like, So are you gonna like stay plugged in to sports and follow things? I just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> there is a zero percent chance of that happening. From the Athletic.com, yeah. Charlie O'Connor. Hey everybody. So one thing that I do appreciate about the Flyers, and there aren't many things that people are going to be able to find to appreciate about the Flyers, but one They're thing all- I do appreciate I do appreciate about the Flyers is the fact that they continue to bring up more and more players with red hair. I I, I like that. <laughs> I very much like the commitment. To Ginger. I, redheaded, I mean, I, I have red hair, so I am all on board. Like, thank you, Wade Allison. Keep bringing them up. I, I think it's great. I'll tell you, I hadn't thought about it until now, because like, I'm the husband of a Ginger. I like the redheads. Uh, but, man, that Curse of the Irish thing, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe maybe all the redheads are what is fucking with this team. Yeah, that that's the culture issue, actually. Onto something. Yeah, that, that's, that's. I mean, I mean, there, there's about there's about as much evidence for that as there is for any of the other arguments. A sudden, you know, actual stone cold evidence. Strip the Sounds sea. Plausible. How can you play with? How can you play with heart and soul if you don't have a soul? <laughs> Fair. You make a good point. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. No. Last but certainly not least, Steph Licious D. Steph Driver. I just opened up this outline, even though we've been sitting here talking for like a half an hour. Oh, so nice. that's how plugged into hockey and how excited about the Flyers I am personally. Um, this three-day break feels like like you're drowning and you come up for air and then you're, you know, not drowning anymore. Um and I think that this this season and this schedule has really broken a lot of our brains. Not necessarily the four of us in this room, but also the four of us in this room, and then yeah, yeah. everybody else. Yeah, it's like, been it's been brutal. It has been a brutal season. This season and this schedule and the last 
13 months, you know, gestures wildly, have, uh, man, really combined to, uh, fuck, I don't even know. I just screw everything up? Uh, everything? Yeah. yeah. Brain's broken. Yeah. Brain is way so, broken. Brain don't like, work. On top of the flyers being trash and on top of the global pandemic that we're dealing with, it has just been unrelenting bad hockey. Un- and there's no there's no way to get away from it unless you're going to turn off the game, but that sounds fake. That's is that legal? I don't think I'm, so. I mean, so I actually pretty good. I actually can't, so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Charlie's contractually <laughs> obligated. Charlie, like I mean, I think you're you graduated from college and you're a good writer. So I can't imagine I'd, you're I'd not like a good enough so. bullshit. You're not you've got to be a good enough bullshitter to be able to just make it up. <laughs> yeah, you're I a mean, journalist, I know. Yeah, I mean there's that whole thing about like journalist integrity. There's that, you know, not not, yeah. not that that actually also matters. Fake. But fake news. Might be a little tough to write about a game I didn't watch. So um with 11 games remaining from what I just counted, uh, what exactly, should 11 we games. be Trust me, I've been counting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got like a, I've got like a countdown to the millennium clock. Like, <laughs> countdown to freedom. Um, so with these 11 games left, what's the point? Like, what should we take away from these remaining games? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Personally... I've found something to root for. I've decided for, uh, I- I'm rooting for Joel Farabee to maintain his lead as the team leader in goals. Uh, he's currently one up on JVR. And I want him to overtake the team lead in points. He's four, uh, he's four back at JVR. JVR is still leading this team in points. He hasn't scored in like a That's month. Wild. Like, <laughs> he's four back at James Van Reems. Like, I'm rooting for Joel Farabee to, uh, lead the team. In uh, statistical categories. That's what the point of these next 11 games is for me. What should you or what should everyone listening take away from what's left here? I personally am hoping that these 11 games lead to um, lineup regular Wade Allison being a thing. I think they will. Because I'm instantly obsessed with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't play Allison pretty much every single game. Like, why not at this point? Unless he gets, no, I mean, like, he next year, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. He's just on the team now. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's I, what I'm going for. Listen, we saw, like, you know, early season, first call-up. We've seen that sort of uh, adrenaline carry, guys. Remember watching, uh, it feels like 10 years ago, but remember watching Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom start the season? It was like, oh, yeah, they're just back, man. And then, you know, the adrenaline wears off. That said, like, Wade Allison, and we're going to talk plenty of Wade Allison, don't worry. Uh, He looks dangerous, and he looks dangerous, like, shift to shift. And that's not something... You could say about most guys on this team this year, like that's a that's a pretty great quality. He goes to the net, he can score from anywhere. Man, if just watching Wade Allison uh, is the point of these next eleven games, that's pretty good. It definitely helps, and I do think. I mean, I, I wrote about this in my column today about Wade Allison about that he just seems to have more energy than everybody else you know he's he's always let you know when he comes in as the first guy on the four check he's always laying a hit you know whether or not the puck's gone he's hitting that guy you know he's carrying the puck right to the net front he just seems like a guy who always has jump and it's really standing out on a team where nobody seems to have jump right now and on one hand that very well could just be because of his um 
you know, as you said, the adrenaline, he just got started. He's only played three games. Maybe that'll die down. That said, he's always been a pretty energetic player. I mean, the only times he ever really looked lethargic in college were when he was very clearly still, like, only about 60% back from tearing his ACL. He's usually been a pretty energetic guy. And I also think, you know, combine that and the fact that he's got, you know, he's riding on on the high of making his NHL debut, combine that with the fact that I just get the sense that, like, this entire team has just had its soul crushed by this season. So that I was going to say, yeah. So, so it's like by comparison, Wade Allison comes in and he's like, Hey, I'm just happy to be here guys. (laughs) Just like, Oh, you'll see. You'll see. kid. Yeah. (laughs) He hasn't been, he hasn't been destroyed by circumstance yet. Give it eight games. (laughs) Like every tweet I've had about the last like three games that Wade Allison has played has basically been some sort of sarcastic remark of, Oh, don't worry. We'll break him. Like, <laughs> like, Remember that time that Kelly and I got him to sign his contract? We did that. People we forget that. that. People forget. Yeah. You're an important we, part of this organization. It's true. I mean, what that alone. It? Just, you, it was, was it a practice? It was dev a... camp. Okay. And yeah. we he was like one of the last remaining players on the ice, and we verbally scolded him for not yet signing his contract. And then... Just a few days later, he signed his contract. He yeah. He was like, oh, no, those crazy bitches. I better do something <laughs> about this right now. <laughs> don't don't want to deal with them. They Jesus. might know where I live. I got to do something. I mean, that puts your contributions at one and Chuck Fletcher's at zero. So way to go, guys. You're the general manager. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, I Chuck Fletcher did moment. actually sign Wade Allison. There's no, no proof no, of that. We did. <laughs> the contract is there. He did sign it. No, no. We did. He was the one who signed the contract. No, no. Thanks no, to their hostility. Was. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. So as far as the, the rest of the games, all I want to see is what I, I guess what I don't want to see is any major injuries. Like, mm. I don't give a fuck about the rest of the season or the rest of these games. Just nobody get really hurt that's all i that's all i want this season's dead their souls are dead our souls are dead it would be great like in a different season on a different timeline it'd be like well it'd be really great to see the young guys step up and it would be really great to see carter hart come back to form and it'd be really great to see some of the defensive pairings together but i just don't care what is happening? The faces. No, this was me making faces at the fact that all of my windows are closed and I can still hear that car radio. <laughs> oh, I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, was pretty like, loud. I could hear it. It was extremely loud. <laughs> I will edit it out so none of you people have to hear it. I, but it did happen. I I have Bluetooth headphones and I thought like, oh, there's some sort of interference. Like something is going on upstairs. Someone's trying to connect to an Alexa or something, and it's coming in in my ears. <laughs> Just a friendly, neighborly Philadelphia resident. To, to to bring it back to um to bring it back to your question uh, about you know, what do you want to see over these last eleven games? I think the main thing for me, and this may come off as like controversial to some, because some people are convinced they've no. already done this. I guess I just i I don't want to see them give up, and I like I don't think mm-hmm. they've I don't think they've given up. Like they're clearly not playing well, and they're clearly drained and just sick of this season but like you don't play a game like the one on sunday where you outplay the islanders for most of the game 
if you've given up. Like, you just don't. And I don't want to see them do that because that's kind of like they kind of did that. The last time they did that was like the final four or five games of the 2018, 2019 season. Because remember, they went on that run and they like kind of kept themselves in the mix, even though they were actually playing shitty, but they were winning games. And then in like mid-March was when it finally ended. Like, they lost a couple games. They lost, like, Toronto. They lost a couple games, and then it was over. They had no chance at the playoffs. And, like, that final week was just, like, I think they played a game in St. Louis, and they just got crushed out of, like, out of the frigging gate. And then the next game, they got crushed out of the frigging gate again. And it was just, like, okay, they've just packed it in. And I don't want to see them do that. Like, you're fine. They might have, like, you know, another another couple of those, like, 6-1 debacles because this is the season from hell. But, like, I don't want to see it become, like, five straight of them because I do think that the front office is paying fairly close attention to, like, who actually is still giving a shit. And I'd like for the front office to be like, okay, this season stunk and we have to make changes. But the whole team didn't just pack it the hell in. That's what I, I, I'm not, I'm not hoping for them to play well. I'm just hoping for them not to totally quit. I changed my mind. Oh. Well, more like I have an addition to what I said. So no major injuries. And that's really all I care about. But also, also do whatever it takes to keep the Rangers out of the playoffs. Yeah, that would stink. I don't yeah. want to see the Rangers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. I think it would be kind of funny. Nope. Of course you would. Uh, no, I mean, just regardless, finishing sixth in this division is kind of funny, like in a tragic sense. I don't give a shit who makes the fourth playoff spot. Uh, like, uh, it doesn't, doesn't b- matter to me at all. To Charlie's point a little, though, um, does it surprise you we haven't really seen that usual late season surge? Like, this is a group we've seen. I know it's a different group. We don't have to get in all that. I know. I'm just saying, over the last few years where they've been this in-and-out playoff team, they typically make a run of some kind at the end. And this team has just stayed the same for, like, two months? Like, does that surprise you? What do you attribute that to? Like, why is this so, even worse than usual? It's it's the typical, the past few seasons um, have been the, the mad rush to make the, um, um, oh my God, wild card spot. There Sorry. Um, and that's, that's the type of team they've been, which is just like eh, mediocre, but let's really, really try to make the wild card spot. Obviously, this season was lost a little while ago, but I think the reason that we haven't seen any type of, of surge is just because they're gassed and they've been gassed for like three months. And yeah, to I your th- point, there's half as many playoff spots. Yeah. Also, there's probably an element there is of no like, seventh or eighth, eighth seed. To get. Yeah. Yeah. This just doesn't seem realistic. And to that sense, like I do think they tried like, I think that they had, they finally had that, like, two-day pause at the start of April. And they came back, and for, like, a week and a half, they played pretty good hockey. They just didn't really get rewarded. Like, they lost a couple games in overtime in a shootout. And then I think the final nail in the coffin was that Buffalo game, where they had it, and they blew it. And then it was just like, okay, like, this just, this just ain't the friggin' year. 
Like that, I, that was, that was when, and even then, like they came back and they beat Pittsburgh last week. So like they, they haven't like completely packed it in, but that was the moment where it was just like, okay, you know, we can't even hold off the friggin' Buffalo Sabres when we have a third period lead and we can't even get the game to overtime because like <laughs> heart can't stop anything. And like we make mistakes and it immediately ends up in the back of that. And when it's just very much like, I think, I think there was an attempt to deliver that late season surge, but I think they don't have a lot left in the tank and it's just the year from hell. And it, they, they very quickly got back to the mentality of no matter what we do, we're not going to be rewarded anyway. So, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. And like, honestly, that when you see what kind of season this has been and like, maybe if it was like actually a playoff push, Carter Hart be able to play through it, but like Hart finally is a breakthrough, plays well against the Penguins. Ah, he's hurt. Like <laughs> it was so classic. It, really it was just, just like, so this season. How, yeah. How in the yeah. fuck? Like also, I know this was however long ago, but how do the Flyers and Penguins play a two-one overtime game? How is that possible? Well, wasn't this the first how time they've they never beaten them in the shootout? Yeah, they had never beaten them in the shootout before. That's wild. Never. How is wild. that possible? And they've only that was only their sixth shootout. Like they play them nine times a year. Like uh, all of it is nuts. But you know, it's that kind of season. And uh, God damn it. Uh, so we, I saw this quote on the Flyers' Twitter today. Uh, it, it was from Elaine Vigneault. Uh, I didn't listen to the whole clip, but this is the part I took out of the tweet. There are some young guys we want to take a look at, so we're going to use this time wisely. Like, when I asked what's the point uh, to start the show, it was like the point for us. But now I want to ask, like, what's the point for them? Uh, We want to take a look at some young guys. That's all well and good. Steph, you said you don't want to see any major injuries. We know Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux are going to be here. Why are they playing? They need to be shut down with phantom injuries. And I don't even think Couturier's is totally phantom. Like, these guys... No, I don't think Couturier's is phantom either. I think that he needs to to be shut down for the rest of the season. That rib thing, I think, is lingering. And, like, let let the boy heal. I did ask Couturier today, after practice, if the hip thing that kept him out in March was still bothering him. And he, I mean, he could be lying. But he said no. He said that it lasted probably about, like, another 10 days after he came back. And since then, he's, you know, pretty much felt good. He's like, I, he's like, I need to play better, but I, it hasn't been the hip. Now, it could be the rib. I mean, maybe the rib is still bothering him. I didn't ask him about that, so that could be lingering. I don't know. But he claims he's, you know, not I, – because I wondered if he was just, like, battling through this hip thing and this was going to be something they were going to have to do, like, a cleanup at the end of the season. And maybe they will. Who knows? But I, I gave him the opportunity to, to comment on it, and he said no. So Yeah, so I had – um, just inflammation in the cartilage that he tore and the inflammation in the, the rib cartilage where it connects to the sternum felt like I was having a heart attack for like two months. And that was just inflammation. I cannot imagine how badly it hurt to tear that cartilage and how it, it, it has to linger. I, I think that he should be he should be shut down for it's eleven games. It's fine. This season sucks. And like maybe once they're mathematically, I mean they they obviously have more. Uh, maybe they they obviously have more information about these injuries than we do, though. So I would hope that if 
there are guys playing through serious shit or guys that are like planning. Like my big thing I think is this. If there are guys that are planning to get surgery for something after the season, shut them down now and just have them do the surgery now because it's a short and off season anyway. So get a jump on it. Like there's no reason to wait until May when you could do the surgery now and then give them a normal off season to recover rather than, you know, having it be like if we lost in the second round of the playoffs and that's when you're getting the surgery and then you have to be ready for, for camp in September, like get the jump on it. If, if it's a matter of just like guys playing through pain and they're going to be fine, give them, you know, after a month of not playing, they'll be okay. Like I'm cool with them just rolling them out there, like whatever. But if these guys, if there are guys that are going to be getting off season cleanups of some sort, yeah, it's probably time to shut them down and have them get a surgery now, especially because of the short and off season. Well, that's what Jack Eichel's doing, right? Like, he just was like, yeah, I need well, surgery. He's got back issues, and they're, I mean, that's scary, especially for a oh. young hockey player. Yeah, so. no, you're right. You're right. No, I realized could, as could... I was saying that, it's like back and neck stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to fuck with that. No, that could derail an entire career. But my question, like, Coots and G, whether they're healthy, whether not, like, Giroux's continued to look like Claude Giroux for the most part. Not like anyone's having a phenomenal year, but, like... We know Sean Couturier is this team's number one center. There is no replacement in sight. They need him to win. Claude Giroux is one of the most productive players on this team. He plays in every phase of the game. They need him to win. He's going to be here. He's got the no-move clause. Why put these unnecessary miles on them? Like, I know this is a basketball thing, and in basketball we do it, and in hockey we don't, because hockey players are tough, rah, rah, rah. But, like, this is fucking stupid for them to be playing. It's meaningless. It's very stupid, and it's an extremely hockey thing that does not need to happen. Like, they're just not going to sit because hockey players don't do that. Giroux yeah. already has 150,000 yeah, I mean, miles on it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why like, you can't healthy scratch a player for rest without the whole world losing their mind, because they just don't do that in hockey, when really they probably should. But they're just not going to. There's no good reason for it. Like, there's no explaining it. It's very stupid. I mean, it's a reasonable point. I, I just, yeah, I don't think they would ever do it. Just be like, and a part, part of it, I think, boils down to what I was saying earlier about them not wanting, like, I, I don't want to see the Flyers just quit, like, completely. And if, if the Flyers management says we're shutting down Sean Gaturier and Claude Giroux with, like, very clearly bullshit injuries just to get them out of there, that sends the obvious message through the rest of the team that you should just quit which I don't think is a message they want to send, which I think is part of why they wouldn't do that. But Like, it sends that message to Kevin Hayes, who ain't playing hard regardless. It sends that message to guys whose spot is already, like, they have their spot, you know? Guys who, guys who have long-term contracts. Guys who are going to be protected in the expansion draft. But, like, Wade Allison's got to play hard, because that, like, Tanner Lezinski has to play hard. Carson Torensky, those guys have to play hard. They're fighting for a place in the league. I'd rather give them that opportunity. Like, I'd rather give them that opportunity. Like, yeah, maybe Ivan Provorov shuts it down, because the, you know, the organization has shut it down, but we're not going to learn anything about him in these 11 games anyway. I mean, we're not going to learn anything that we don't already know about Carson Torensky. Yeah, I've seen all I need to see about him. That we're done all with set. him. Experiment's over. Yeah, I mean he could I know turn himself into a fourth liner. He could. You know. Yeah, I mean he just he's I mean, sure yeah, he's not. Fine. Fine. He just seems like he's just fine. a guy. You know. Yeah. Just a yeah. Guy. I mean if he's if he's your if he's your fourteenth forward, that's fine. But I, I don't. Yeah. I don't see anything spectacular about him thus far. 
But that's all right. So that's that leads to my next question. Wade Allison is up. He's playing well. We're all happy. Tanner Lazinski looks like he's going to maybe carve out a little place for himself in this league. That's cool. Nobody is impressed with Carson Terensky. We haven't been since the first time we saw him. This quote that they have some young guys we want to take a look at. So we're going to use this time wisely. Who are these other young guys? Like, who is ready Damn. to come up? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, look, I think they will probably give Cam York a chance um, before the end of the season. I think that's always been the plan. The problem is, is the fact that the Phantoms are paused. That that really threw yeah. a wrench into this whole thing because they will they wanted him to get in professional games down there before he got into professional games up here, and he was I think it was like the day before he was about to get his make his debut, everything got shut down. So. It's been tough. Like, it's been tough. You got guys down there. I, I think the Phantoms are, like, slowly exiting protocols. They did that um, vaccine day at the, you know, at the center um, a couple days ago. It might have been yesterday. I don't even really remember the days. It was it was yesterday, I was believe. Yesterday? And I got to say, like, I respect the hell out of them for doing it, but it is very ironic that they're doing this vaccine clinic while they're paused. For it COVID. is. I, I would agree. Um but that's one of the problems with York. Like, I do think in the end they will get him some games. I think that's been the plan is that he's going to get that call up. But I think they would prefer to get him games with the Phantoms first. And unfortunately, the pause is, is complicating that. Um, beyond Cam, I mean, they've obviously already called up Wade Allison. He probably will play the rest of the season. Tanner Lazinski's hurt, but he'll probably play once he comes back. Um, they just signed Jackson Cates. Noah's brother and oh, love that they guy. jumped him right up to the yeah. NHL roster. So I'm sure he'll get some games. I would think they'll see if maybe he could be like a fourth line center for them or something. Um, Isn't he in COVID protocol? No, he's, he practiced today. Oh, I don't know why I thought that. Well, he was, no, he, he, have anybody. he was, he was in COVID protocol because whenever somebody travels across the country on commercial air, they have to be in COVID protocol for a couple uh, days. It has nothing to do with like testing positive. It's just the travel. Like the same oh, thing happened. Same thing happened to Morgan right. Frost. I think. Yeah, I think the same thing happened to Morgan Frost uh-huh. when he had his his surgery because he had a surgery in like Minnesota. So it's just it was just that. Um, so beyond those guys, you know, a lot of people keep always bring up you know the the guys they just drafted. You know, Tyson Forrester and Zade Wisdom. I just don't know if they think they're physically ready to to play in the NHL. I mean, I just, maybe you you toss them a game or two at the end of the year and, you know, we're one of them, maybe Wisdom, because I think he's a lot more physically built than than Forrester is at this point. But Forrester isn't like, he's not Travis Sanheim when he got drafted. I mean, he's not small. Um, He looks like a child. Yeah, he looks like a child, but he's not like physically weak. He's not real thin. Um, The thing is, is that like, I just I feel like if they were going to do that, they may have done it already. Especially when Wisdom was like yeah. really tearing it up at the beginning. Like if you were going to call him up, wouldn't you have called him up then? Plus, they only have a limited. Yeah, like plus they only have a limited amount of call ups. You know, you have the yep. the post deadline recall limit. They've already used one on Allison. They probably earmarked one for Cam York. Um, I'm not sure if the Torinsky call up counted. They may have called him up right before like right as the deadline happens so that he was just off the taxi squad. I'm not quite sure. I don't think the lion call up counted because that was in response to Hart missing, you know, not playing. So I think that counted as emergency. Um, but I think they're going to have a couple more. So yeah, I mean, Cam, I think will probably get a chance and then, you know, maybe they give one of the kids a game or two just for shits and giggles. I don't know. 
I mean, a Tuesday night game against the Devils. Like, I think that one of the kids would be fine. That's like, okay, we can talk about getting guys. It's not like they aren't grown men in the AHL. Like, they're, I understand the speed of the game, the physicality. Like, it's the NHL. It's the best league in the world. But, like, they're playing against grown men in the AHL. It ain't fucking juniors. And they play on, uh, what are we talking about here? April 25th, 27th, 29th, and May 1st. Four straight games against the Devils. Those are AHL games. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And then the last day of the Ugh. season, May 10th, also against the Devils. Like, Why are, are there a- five games, that five out of 11 games left are against the Devils? Mm-hmm. Oh, light the yeah. season on fire. In case Holy you didn't shit. want to not pay attention already. Oh my God, I'm glad I'm moving to Georgia where there's no hockey. <laughs> a, a Sunday 6 p.m. game against the Devils kicks it all off. Like, tell Dear me God, that's not oh. the perfect Sunday 6 p.m. game. Did I say a.m.? 6 p.m. game. Gotta love it. I just, like, Cam York, like, get him in for all five of those Devils games. What is the difference? Like, he's he's better. Well, it burns a year off his contract, right? So that part sucks. Does it? I thought no, he already huh? had, um... I don't know. Uh, wait, 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 Matt, what, I don't what, actually know. What, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about who, who's... Playing Cam York doesn't burn a year. I don't think so. Because I think he I still counts as an under-20 player as long as... Um, I think as long as they don't use him. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I'll have to look into that. I'm not quite sure about the, the slide rule for him. It really just depends on what they're considering the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Max Willman. Is he yeah, even? Not, is, he, he, is his contract next no. year? His he's not eligible for this year. year. He's not eligible. Yeah. Okay. No. No, they can't. L- Linus Sandine. He hasn't been. I, I thought think... we were going to see that guy this year. He's yeah, just I, not I been well. very impressive in the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. I mean, everyone that I've talked to that regularly watches, um, you know, that regularly watches the uh, the Phantoms, you know, he's had his moments. But he he's been outshone by you know the, you know guys like Lazinski and guys like Allison and guys like Wisdom definitely. I mean I think they liked him obviously they liked him enough to sign him but they haven't liked him enough to give him shots and there were there were opportunities I mean there were some times where he was hurt so that that complicated things a bit but there was one point where I think it was when they called up Lazinski they called both Lazinski and Sandine up and they gave Lazinski a start and they put. Uh, Sandine on the taxi squad, and then they sent him back down. So clearly, you know, they didn't think he was deserving of an NHL game. Then maybe they'll give him a chance because I believe he's an RFA. I think he, I think his his deal was only a one year deal, but they retain control RFA control. So you need to see him a little bit to to be able to decide if you want to keep him around or if you just want to hey say hey it didn't work, go back to Sweden. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's a possibility, certainly a name. Does it concern you we don't have more names that we want to get a look at? Hmm. I mean, there are so, younger yes. there and, are younger guys at different it, levels, sure, but like the farm system should be like we should we should be bringing some of these crops in now. Yeah, so it concerned me when the defense really started to look really bad. Um, in the beginning of the season, I remember asking more than one person. Who else is there? Who else is in the system? And the answer was, well, there's Cam York. 
and Igor Zamula, who great, like, let's get that guy in. Like, I want to see more of Zamula, but outside of those two, who else is there? So, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Not very concerned, but just like a little bit. I forgot about that. Only because we, we just rotated in a crop of young players that ostensibly are going to be a part of the team for many years. So it's not like we need, yeah, like we don't really need an entire half roster worth of prospects ready to call up because we already did that. So I'm not that concerned about it. Um, But you know, I was going to say draft some, but I don't want them to make a single draft pick this year. (laughs) That's not one, not a one, not one pick. They, they have some, they have some more defensemen coming. I mean, York's obviously the big one. York and Zamula, and and I think like you you have to remember. Well, you have to remember that there are only six spots in the defense, like Kelly was saying. And yeah. you know, you've already got you know we'll see if they all survive this, the the off season, But you've already got Provorov, Sandheim, and Myers pretty much locked in. We've all decided we want a number one, and then you have York and Zamula, who are if not they're not a prospects, I would say, but they're you know. B plus B guys. They're they, they both have the op the, the, they both have the potential to be top four defensemen, which is a solid solid defenseman prospect. So then, I mean, in theory, if they were to both pan out, there's five spots. Just boom, done. Um, I'm not saying they're both going to pan out. Maybe only one of them does. Maybe neither of them do. But you only have so many spots to give these guys a chance. And then they do have other guys coming. Like they do have Ronnie Adder, who went back to school, but um, but they they like him. Um, Mason Millman actually looked pretty good from what I understand in the AHL as a young player. You know, he should be in the OHL, but the OHL obviously didn't play their season this year. And then they took Emil Andre in the second round last year. So they have like another tier of defenseman prospects coming. It maybe they're not great, but they have NHL potential. You know, maybe they're like they top out a second pair of guys, you know. Maybe they're third pair of guys. Maybe they don't crack it, but they're they're in the mix. So I, I don't think the Flyers are, you know, necessarily thin in terms of their defenseman prospects. That said, I mean, if you can draft a guy who could potentially be a one, you know, if if that's if that's an option, if you see a guy in the draft and you keep that pick and you see a guy who could be a number one defenseman for you, then sure, they they're lacking that in the system. I don't I don't think Cam York is a number one, but. I don't think their defense prospect pool is as thin as you're as you're saying. I think they still have some pretty useful guys coming. The defense I'm not as concerned about. It's just like this is a team. It's like a whole farm system of third and fourth liners. Yet I have to watch Nicholas Albay Bell take two two dumb penalties every night. Like I don't know. It's it's uh, I, it seems like we should have some better players in these spots. That's all. Um, well. I mean, Morgan Frost is still just hanging out. True. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, I, did, I, mean, I have, and, and, I have and, kind of written it, off. It does, he's, it does he's stink. He's hanging out eating brownies. It's yeah. fine. It does he's stink. Hurt. I actually you know. I actually saw him today. Um, He was, uh, like, during practice, he was walking, um, you know, across the, uh, across, like, the bleachers, like, that area, um, with a mask mm-hmm. on and shorts on, carrying an ice pack. So, he's around. Has he gained any weight? I I didn't take notice of any additional weight gain from Morgan Frost. He still looked pretty skinny. I just want him to bulk up, like <laughs> eat candy and cakes. Candy and cakes. That sounds like sounds That'll like a hell of a. Uh, it does like stink a hell though. Of a uh, nutrition plan. 
it does stink though that we didn't get a look at Frost this season because I mean this felt like a big yeah. season for him, and you know he got his chance with the Couturier injury and then immediately lost it. And it, oh, it I, I mean, sucked. I guess you can make a case if you're low on Morgan Frost that it's concerning that he got injured on such a fluke play because there's obviously concerns about his you know ability oh, to take punishment. But it did seem like a really fluky play. Like, it just seemed yeah. like one of those things where he just hit the boards wrong, and it sucks. And it sucks, because you, you now burn this whole season, and it really sucks for the Flyers because, and I, I hate to bring this up, but, like, if you're making a decision on Nolan Patrick, it's a lot easier to make a decision on whether, you, you know, maybe you want to move on from him or you want to include him in a deal for a player if you know that Morgan Frost is an NHL player. And you don't really know that yet. So it makes it tough. It just adds another wrinkle to what Chuck Fletcher is going to have to figure out this offseason in terms of his plan to you know, restructure this team. And that position continues to be a big hole in this lineup. All right, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back on the other side and we're going to uh, criticize some older guys, I think. Uh, so let's, let's hang on. You're going to hear a great ad for a wonderful product and or service and then we'll be right back. Okay, fam, we are back. Welcome back to BSH Radio. Uh, as I said, going in real quick, to just to wrap up that last conversation, um, I get, like, you can play Scott Lawton anywhere in the lineup, and, you know, he's a winger, he's a center, great Swiss Army knife, productive player. They like him for that reason. They like his attitude, his leadership. You think he gets a five-year contract if Morgan Frost shows out this year, or at least shows he's an NHL player capable of being the 3C? Just something that came to my mind. Yes. Um, Because I think that they're two very different style players. They are. Um, And yes. Yes. I I think yes. But as you all heard from the long pause from all of us, I I had to think about it for a second. I mean, I think there's... I see where you're going with this, Bill, in the sense that like there's only so many spots in the top nine, and if Morgan Frost had clearly proven that he was the three C or maybe two C quality, three C or whatever, um, that might have you know maybe lessened the urgency on the part of the Flyers to add another guy who they see as a top niner. But I just think the versatility, and I think you know the just the 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 intangible elements or things that Frost just doesn't bring that they really value sure. in Lawton. You know, they like the fact that he can play all three positions. They like the fact that they can, you know, move him up and down the lineup. You know, if a guy's if a center is slumping, they can put him at center. If a winger is slumping, they can put him at wing as high as the second line. So there's elements of him that would have still been valuable even if Morgan Frost would have stayed healthy and had a good year. Um but I, I see where you're coming from because, yeah, there's only so many spots in the lineup, but I don't think Morgan Frost would have necessarily taken Scott Lawton's spot. Yeah, Although, it's not so much. Yeah, it, I, I see where you're coming from, though. I do. It's not, a, I'm not like comparing them one to one. Obviously, they're vastly different players. It's just like how we talked last week about, you know what this team needs? Assets. Like, would they have seen it more? Like, would Lawton have been more valuable? 
for what you could have got back for him than he is like in the lineup. But since you don't have another guy to take that spot, you need him in the lineup. I don't know. It was just something I thought when everyone else was talking in the last segment. I want to get to uh, some other stuff now. There will be plenty of time for reflection on this season. We have an entire offseason, as we always do. This one will be a little shorter. But there'll be plenty of time to look back, give player grades and everything. But I just want some thoughts on some guys who I think we all have some differing opinions about. Um, I want to lead it off with the birthday boy. Happy 420 to Shane Gostaspair. Uh Are you guys all proud of me that it took like 40 <laughs> minutes for me to mention the date? Actually, yes, quite. Yeah. Honestly, really surprised. <laughs> you did really good, Bill. <laughs> I, I wanted you? I wanted to be able to make that joke, so I held off. Uh, Shane Gossespierre. <laughs> now, on the last show, I called him the best defenseman on the team uh, this season. There was some pushback to that. Some, eh, well, Izzy. I asked who's going to get the Ashby Trophy. We said maybe Provorov, uh. just because he plays so much. Maybe Braun, because he's the, uh, you know, because he's the grizzled vet, and they just want to throw him a bone. But Shane Gossespierre, I think. All things considered, pretty decent year. Um, what kind of season was it really, though? You know, for him, probably it was fine. Um, all I can remember about Shane Gossespierre in this season is begging and pleading for his COVID. I, I thought it was an injury, but for, for him to get better from COVID so that he can come and save the defense. And it really, like, I can't say that he saved the defense, but it really made an improvement when he was in the lineup because it was so bad without Fucking him. Fucking Chris Chelios. I, I think, this. well, no. <clears throat> but I think that, um, you know, he's he's proven that at the very least, he is a, a veteran player who, you know, apparently pisses off coaches sometimes, but I, I think he's valuable to the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this season kind of proved to me that this team would be, would do well to have Shane Goss's Bear as a third pair defenseman who got a ton of power play minutes. That would be a very good place for this team to be. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's pretty clear that we are donezo with Shane Gossespierre, despite him having a very good season. I just don't. So it, it kind of bums me out because I am a fan of his, and I liked that he improved this season finally. Um, but I, I don't really think it matters as far as his state with the team. I feel like we've been saying that for years, though, that we're done with God's despair. Like, eventually we will be, I'm sure, but <laughs> I just it's, feel like it's just the same story and he keeps coming back. And I don't hate it. It's only because they couldn't get rid of him, though. Yeah, last year, last offseason, they really tried to get rid of him. Like, I, I think Maybe they won't think, be able to get rid of him this year. That's fair. I, I think before last offseason, a lot of the ghost talk um you know in corners of the fan base was overblown in terms of him leaving i think a lot of it was driven by people who just didn't like his style of play and wanted him gone and then you know had a vested interest in perpetuating the narrative that he was going to be traded definitely last offseason he legitimately was going to be traded definitely they just couldn't get anything for him and they would have had to pay to get rid of him so like that i think was the first year when like it really held water um this year he's he's back to looking like an nhl defenseman you know, he, you can, mm -hmm. you can very clearly see 
where he fits on a good yeah. team. Whereas last season, you could not. You were just like, oh my God, how is he even playing? Um, this season, you look at him and you're like, yeah, he's still good on the power play. As long as you're a power play that you know is willing to do bombs away from the point, he can still provide value there. He's good at keep-ins. You know, we still got the good shot. Maybe not as good as you see, but it's still good. So he provides power play value. You know, maybe you stick him on your pit. I don't know if he's a power play one guy anymore, like on a great power play one. But he could be a damn good power play two guy if you have a good power play one, where your power play two is just like have ghosts do bombs and have everybody else attack the fucking you know crease area like that makes sense to me and then at five on five like i think he held his own as a top pair defenseman but i don't think he's that guy so he's probably you know ideally you know either he's probably like a four or a five at even strength and he can probably put up you know like break even to slightly above break even play driving results He's going to have some games where he just screws up defensively and you're going to get mad. But on the whole, when you look at, you know, his results at the end of the season, you're going to say, you know, he made more good things happen than bad things happen. But I don't think Mm -hmm. he's like a top pair guy. I don't think any team that is trying to contend for a Stanley Cup will look at Shane Gossbear and be like, yeah, he could be our number two. I could see somebody being like, he could be our four, probably like our five with power play utility. He's a five. Yeah, like that to me is... He's a five with power, yes. And that's a dramatic improvement of where he was last season. It is. And he's looked pretty good with Samuel Moran. Like, they're not bad Comparatively good, yes. Fine. (laughs) No, with with a bar, like I said last week, that is on the floor, yeah, 100%, like, has looked better than what they've done. I'll tell you what's impressed me about Ghost. I don't want to use the term mentally fragile, but he's always a guy we've said who can be in his own head and struggles with mm-hmm. confidence at times. We all know, everyone knows, it's it's not a secret, it was open, that he they were trying to get rid of him this offseason. He's been in and out of the lineup. He had COVID. It's a shit season for everybody. He showed me something I didn't think he had, and it's mental toughness. To be able to rebound from that and, like Charlie said, look like an NHL defenseman, like we've all said, like, look pretty damn good considering we were, even his most ardent fans last season were like, ooh, maybe it was a fluke and he's not even an NHL player. I think he proved a little bit to me in terms of what he has makeup-wise uh, to be able to, like, deal with the adversity of, of an NHL season. Yeah, even after the being waived, I kind of yeah, expected. Yeah, I left off the waivers thing, yeah. Yeah, he he came right back and played well, like and didn't seem like pouty or pissy and we've kind of seen that from him before. Like after the healthy scratches and stuff, he's been a little bit pissy and he wasn't like that at all. It didn't seem like anyway, outwardly. Um which yeah, is kind of a a big change and you love to see it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I've ever argued that, like, Ghost wasn't mentally tough. I just argued that, like, he's a guy who kind of rides the emotional wave, you know, and I do agree that it is impressive that this season has been such an emotional dumpster fire, and he hasn't really been dragged down by it, because in other seasons he has. Like, I definitely think he was dragged down by it in 2016-17, and then in 2018-19, I think he was dragged down okay. by both of that, where it was just like, it just became miserable to go to work, and he just played bad, or at least let things spiral because he was frustrated. Whereas this year, like, everything's bad, and he's okay. 
So that is impressive um, that he has, you know, not, I mean, he's still scoring decent amount, a lot more than like his teammates, right? Like he's one of the few guys who's still been occasionally putting the puck in the net. (laughs) Uh, This team just doesn't score a little bit. And that brings me to my next player on this list, James Van Riemsdyk, who for the first half of this season, we were singing his praises. We loved him. Oh my God, this is the best hockey he's ever played. 13 goals in the first 26 games of the year. Then he went on a 17-game goal drought. One goal, five assists in his last 19 games. And I want to ask this question. Are you somewhat thankful for this slump because it's a more realistic representation of his ability and value, and therefore it makes, like, needing to part with him and his $7 million cap hit a little easier? Like, we're not just going to have to say goodbye to a guy who's playing the best hockey he's ever played? Because maybe it's just me trying to come up with things to be thankful for, and, like, when they don't score, that makes me very mad. But I don't know. We always knew the slump was coming, but... One goal and five assists in his last 19 is, I mean, that's fourth line numbers. Right, but goal scorers are streaky. We say that all the time. He had his hot streak and now he's in his cold streak. There are streaks and then there's, I mean, he died of fucking hypothermia from being so cold. Did it start in March? I'm working working a theory here about March. Of course it did. Okay. Wasn't he shooting like... At yes. the peak, he was shooting like twenty three percent. Like there was that, like that was gonna going come on. down. Yeah, it was gonna come down. And but why? He's... Why does it have to come down this season? Why can't he just have that TJ Oshie season where it's like, yeah, he shot thirty percent? I don't know. Like why? Because can't this is a the fate season. The fates have looked down upon Flyers hockey and they laughed this and they it. said, no, no. As, I mean, this as ain't as. It. As BSH, as Matty Campbell would say, regression comes for us all. And it has come for James Van Riemsdyk. Why can't it just come, like, next year? I don't know. <laughs> just to make these games a little more interesting. I was very happy for him when he scored on that breakaway the other day. It seems like a year and a half since someone scored on a breakaway. Um, hmm. But I don't know. It, it just, may actually have been a year and a half. Yeah. The like, thing is, I don't even think he's, like, I don't even think he's been playing that bad. He, he just wasn't scoring. But, and and like, to answer your to answer your question about you know what would you rather I'd rather he be scoring because if he was scoring then it to me it would make it more likely that if you expose him that Seattle will take him I still think they might take him because he's a good player but you know I kind of want his like look we all know that Seattle is definitely you know not exclusively but they're definitely paying attention to the numbers. You know, the people they've hired, the, the focus of their front office, they are not ignorant to advanced metrics. They're not ignorant to stats. And if JVR would have had a monster stat season, you know, I guess it's tough because it's like if JVR would have had a monster stat season, maybe the Flyers would still be in the playoff mix. But and then you wouldn't really want to trade JVR or lose him for nothing. <laughs> but I still think it makes sense in terms of the, the type of structural changes they need to make to the roster particularly on defense it makes sense to clear up that space so i'd like jvr to make his statistical resume for 2020 21 you know a little bit more impressive to to tempt seattle just a bit more going into uh the expansion draft so i guess that's why i'll say yeah i wish he was scoring more but i see where again i see where you're coming from with like well it makes it easier for us us to want to part with them but it makes it harder for them to actually part with them (laughs) Quick sidebar, if it's not JVR, who the fuck are they going to take? Like, 
They're not going to yeah. expose any good players other than I don't J- know if they would take JVR. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even Brian know if they would take Bell like, after his disaster this season. The, well, Elliot's a pending UFA. In all honesty, yeah. I think the like probably the easiest pick for them, and some people laugh at this, but I do think it's an easy pick. Probably Justin Braun because they're, he's got one year yeah, left on his contract right. at a cheap cap hit, and he's not bad. Like you're he's like totally going to well, take that. On. That doesn't they're not, hurt they're, my heart, so I'm fine. They're not going to protect him. Like why would they? And if 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 Seattle looks at the Flyers' exposed players and they're like, we don't want that guy's contract. We don't want that guy's contract. That guy might not even be an NHLer. Yeah, yeah, we can we can live with Braun at one point eight as our sixth defenseman. That's fine. I could see it. Why are you mad about that? Because I don't want them to take Justin Braun when they could take JVR, Jake Forchek. We need to shed salary. Oh, I don't. I don't need to lose Justin Braun. I need to lose big, fat, bloated nobodies. Justin Braun's also a guy you could trade in the off season for something. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and also we, you know, he's not. Terrible. If he's our on our third pair next season, I'm not gonna be mad about it. No, but I also don't give a shit if they take him. Like it's uh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt people in the sense of like losing a guy who you drafted the team drafted and developed and you know you rooted for. Like I I mean I feel like I'm one of the few people who doesn't hate Justin Braun. (laughs) Don't misunderstand. This is not about me caring about Justin Braun. I don't give a fuck about Justin Braun. I'm saying that when we take a look at the list of the players that are going to be exposed, there are Justin Braun is the one that relieves us the least. That's yeah. fair. Well, let's. It's very fair. Let's like with eight minutes left in the show. Let's dig into the expansion draft, maybe on another show because yeah. there's a lot that we're kind of alluding to but not really explaining. Oh no, we have we have plenty of time to cover expansion. I want to ask this final question about this list of guys. Is Hazy lazy? God, what the fuck, Kevin Hayes? I mean, yeah, people really passes, hate people really hate him this year. I I like listen, he was a revelation last year. He was one of my he made hockey enjoyable again. He he was one of my favorite players. I thought he was going to go on to be a Philadelphia legend and he could easily Bounce back next year and be every bit the same guy. I know the numbers are the same, Chuck. I know. But you can't watch him just throw pucks into the middle of the ice to God knows who, usually the other team, (laughs) and tell me he's the same player he was last year. He looks like he's skating with cement fucking blocks for skates. There's something fucky happening there, and I don't know. Yeah, I I do wonder a little bit. I mean, he's one of those guys who I do wonder if he's playing through something. And if he's one of the guys who, you know, I sure hope so. Have, like, it's possible. It, it is funny, as I've pointed out a bunch of times in the show, like, his stats are still decent, but he really fails the eye test. Mm hmm. And, like, I know he also yeah, just doesn't. It, I, one of the things that's missing, like, demonstrably missing, is the fun Kevin Hayes that we all saw last year. That's part of the reason why we all liked him so much. I'm willing to allow. That perhaps, as Bill said earlier, gesturing wildly at all of this, maybe it's bummed Kevin Hayes out a little bit. I'm willing to accept that perhaps that's true. And next you year, know how, be you know how we wake Hazy up and ha- make him have fun again? We bring him his buddy Johnny. That's it. Oh, John. Soul. I mean, John Hockey. <laughs> like, there's, that's there's how you something do it. to that. 
You're just there is the, the the funny they the want funny to be thing Richards and Carter. Johnny I'm Gugger telling talk. you. Yeah, like the funny thing about the Johnny Gerrards and the reason why they're linked is they went to college together. But um, but anyway, um, the thing that like about all the Gujar talk is that it's brought up so much, but it's like it's brought up so much because it actually makes sense. Like it makes Serial sense because. It was like Calgary wants to shake things up. Yep. Goudreau, if the Flyers got him, like the big reason why a team might not be willing to give up a lot for Goudreau is the thought process that, well, his contract expires in a year and a half anyway, so we're not going to give us give you that much for a guy who's just going to explore free agency because there's a feeling around the league that he's just going to go to Philly anyway. Yeah, he's when he's signing. a free agent. So it's kind of like. Well, if you want to shake things up, you know, maybe it makes sense. Like, the Flyers want to shake things up. Calgary wants to shake things up. Goudreau's from here. He's still very good. Like, Let's it, do it. It does make sense. And it's one of those things, like, usually these types of, like, you know, the the Mike Trout to Philly things, like, they're kind of annoying because it's all just like a pipe dream. Like, the Goudreau thing isn't insane to me because it does make sense on a lot of different levels. Come home, Johnny. Let's fucking do it. Come home, Johnny. That's it. Come on home. Come on, John. The, uh, him and they want to be Richards and Carter. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. Dad. <laughs> call his dad. Call his dad. I'll put in a call to the Rick. I'll see what happens. See what picks up. All right. Do we have anything else? We're off next week. Yeah. Don't look for a new BSH oh, yeah. radio we- next week. I'll be back starting yeah, Tuesday for off. post games. Um. We, we we've got return, a lot of things worry, happening but... for all of our lives all at the same time, so we can't do a show next week. Except for me, I'm just going to be covering the Flyers, which I guess counts <laughs> as a lot because covering the Flyers Charlie, right now is want, a lot. Do you, do you want to drive with me to Georgia? I uh, not really. That sounds worse than covering the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> not because not because of the company, because of Georgia. All right. Um, Thank you. So for that's all the that. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to push that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content delivered to you daily. It's the only place you need to look for Flyers content. I'm talking about podcasts. Maybe subscribe to The Athletic. You know, they got some good guys over there, maybe covering the Flyers. You still running that dollar a month thing? I don't know if you are, but maybe look into that. I'm just fucking with nah, you. Nah, that, that stopped. But. Yeah. All yeah. right, so that's it. Um, my name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about